Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Whoever Came podcast. Now for those of you that are new here, my name is Simon Osimo and you can join me for weekly conversations with some really interesting people as I explore their personal stories, transformations and experiences that help educate, inform and inspire. Now on today's episode, I'm joined by Katie, who is simply known as the Good Patriot. Now Katie believes in all things God, freedom and second amendment rights and her youtube channel called the good patriot attracts over a million views each month now in this episode she shares how she developed a strong love of patriotism and her second amendment rights but before we dive into the new content i want to remind you that you can listen to this podcast wherever you consume this content and the video can be found on our youtube channel at simon osimo now, if you get something from this conversation or believe that others will, it would mean the world to me if you would like and share with your circle of influence. Okay, so let's dive straight into this week's conversation with Katie, the Good Patriot. Welcome to the Who I Became podcast. Well, welcome to another episode of the Herbert Kane podcast, and I'm really excited today to have Katie, who is known as the Good Patriot. Um, good morning to you, Katie. Good morning, Simon. How are you? I'm very well. Well, thank you for joining me. And I know I said to you offline, but I stumbled across some of your material uh, a little while ago, and I was thinking, wow, this woman is, um, she's outspoken, she's God-focused, she's working in um, sort of uh, safety. I thought I've got to, got to meet this person, so I'm really pleased that you're taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, and the only big difference between me and you, Katie, is most probably like 70,000 followers. So I was looking and we should say a little bit about who you are. So you're known as The Good Patriot, and I know on your YouTube channel you've got over 70,000 followers. Uh, one of the last videos which you, you posted um, had over eight, 800,000 um, views. And basically mm-hmm. each week you post videos to encourage people in their fight for faith, family and freedom. You also operate a, a business under the same name as a good patriot selling T-shirts and home decor and a similar focus. So mm-hmm. we're really pleased you're taking the time to join me today. Oh, thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about the, the good patriot then. So, so what is the good patriot? Um, Well, it started off just as a business, and my original plan was to sell, like, vintage Americana. (laughs) I was in kind of the rustic stuff. American pickers type stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty Mm. much. And uh, I was living in California at the time, and I had, uh, you know, being a conservative in California, I grew up there, so it, it wasn't always the California it is today. And there's still a lot of patriots over there. So we, we have to remember that when we demonize California. But um, yeah, I liked old stuff and rustic stuff. And so I'm like, well, I love my country and I've got these conservative values and I love this old stuff. So I'll, su- I'll, I'll sell it online. And so I started dabbling on Instagram and social media, just trying to get sales for that. And at the same time, I joined a lady shooting league. And I had never really taken any shooting classes before. My family always, I grew up with guns, but it was never a shooter. It was more my dad and my brother's area of expertise. But I got really into shooting and I got this passion for it. And so the first evolution of my business was kind of out of that vintage, you know, furniture and old goods and stuff. And on to more of a focus on the Second Amendment because being in California... They were making law after law, restricting magazine capacity and certain guns and all that. 
And um, so I got into that niche of guns in the Second Amendment, and uh, and it kind of grew into different things from there. I still consider myself a gun account, even though I've kind of morphed into more political commentary. Uh, but I'm just kind of going with the flow nowadays and uh, trying to listen to God and his promptings on what to talk about. And now that we're under full assault on so many different levels, I just feel it necessary to talk about all of them, really, um, kind of whatever I feel led to speak on that week or that day. And so I, I don't know where it's going to go, but I, I'm kind of enjoying the ride, and I feel like I, God's got me in that kind of sweet spot. I feel like he's using me and how he built me to deliver a message for faith, family, and freedom. And um, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, like I said, you know, your, um, your website says um, about celebrating all that is good about our country, God's um, guns, God, and, and freedom. And I think I said to mm-hmm. you offline that, you know, being an Englishman here in America, I didn't realize how patriotic I was towards towards England and my homeland and, and the sort of monarchy mm-hmm. until I sort of came here to the US and sometimes just wave your hand in the air and, and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So that patriotism, I guess, is in all of us, no matter where, where you're from. But yes. where, where did your love of sort of um, patriotism really, really come from then? I mean, ever thinking about your tagline is about sort of freedom, patriotism, you know, um, finding your place in this world. Where, where did that sort of um, love and desire come from? Gosh, you know, um, I had a, I, this is my third business. My second business, it was a healthy food business called the Healthy Cowboy Kitchen. And it was very successful. And it was, I was just working myself to death. And so I journal out a lot of my feelings about um, where do I want to take this business? Do I want to open up a shop? Do I want to continue what I'm doing and, and whatnot? And one day I sat down and really boiled down what I wanted out of life. And the conclusion of that journal entry was that my priority was freedom. I didn't want to have uh, obligations that took away my freedom to go to church on Sunday. I didn't want to have a job that had me working on Christmas Eve or whatnot. And I just, so regardless of what was happening on the outside with the laws and everything, just me personally, I just have always had that priority and that desire for real freedom you know and that's probably why I'm a Christian because I mean there is real freedom in Christ um so I I, just upon self-reflection I know that's been a desire of mine but take that take all those things and then live in a state where they're saying that you have to vaccinate your children you're not allowed to drink raw milk Um, just things that are just, to me, I want to say it's common sense, but it's not that common anymore. To me, it's like, that's an assault on my basic rights of if I want to drink raw milk from my cow, um, I don't have a cow. (laughs) I wish I had a cow, but, um, if I want to drink raw milk, that's my right to do so, you know, and the fact that the government can come in and tell you that you're not allowed to drink something that humans have been drinking for millennia. To me, that's just insane or, or that you have to vaccinate your children for them to be able to go to school. That's I, I mean, nobody should be forced to have to do that if they don't believe in it or if they believe it's something that's going to be harmful for them. So 
my husband and I decided to move to Texas and get out of California, um, which wasn't easy because we, I had almost 40 years there. I had a successful business. My family is still there, lots of friends, but that freedom was so important to me and us that it was worth the sacrifice. And I'm glad we did so. But um, in terms of, you know, my passion for guns and shooting in the second amendment, if we don't have that right, then how are we supposed to protect ourselves from all the other rights that are being taken away? You know, if we don't have guns and the government has guns, I mean, I know this is, you know, a common uh, argument or statement from people like me, but if you don't have the second, you, you can't defend anything else. So to me, I guess, and I've also, I feel like God's always given me that warrior spirit. I feel like I've had that since I was a kid. Like if I saw an injustice, I spoke up and, and did something. If I saw somebody being bullied, um, you know, I spoke up and said something. So I, I just have that drive for justice. And um, so I just, I can't not fight for freedom because it's just, you know, it, it would be like some singer, <laughs> I cannot yeah. sing worth it, but like a singer who sings well, not being able to sing. I mean, it's just, I just can't not. That's just where your passion is. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, I mean, the, the first time I saw you and, you know, we should say, you know, like I said, your YouTube channel has over 70,000 subscribers and you posted a video. I'll sort of talk about that in a, in a little while, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, had over 800,000 views and most of your stuff, you know, isn't around, you know, 60, 70, 80, 100,000 people. So there's a very, you have a big fan base that people believe in the same things as you. I mean, were you surprised between all your social media that when you post these videos, um, just how it, how it stood up blown up and people might have similar views to you? Um, honestly, no, I, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised it took so long. Um, and that doesn't sound humble, but I mean it in the way of when I started out, I wanted to be different. I wanted to have original comp content. I wanted to speak real truths. I wanted my post to educate people. Um, I have a not, I, I'm older. I'm, I'm 10 to 15 years older than most women in my sector, especially the gun sector. So a lot of people, <laughs> I remember a account, a DC Drano, he's got a couple million followers now, I think. I remember him and I were going back and forth and messaging and he said like, how do you know what you know? And I'm like, I'm old, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've been around a while. And um, you know, my husband and I got married and we decided not to have TV. So that means we've read a lot of books and watch a lot of documentaries and YouTube videos. Well, so those people do exist then, but don't have televisions. Yeah. And so um, I guess God's taken me through this journey. I've been at this for over three and a half years. So, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, a country music star will have their first hit and everyone will be like, oh, my goodness, they're an overnight success. And it's like, no, yeah. they've actually been singing in little bars for 10 years. That's kind of how I was, you know, and I still don't consider my accounts to be huge but they are a blessing, but it was such a turtle crawl to get to where I'm at today. But I know why God did that. And I think it's because he knew I, what was coming and that I was going to have to develop skills and strength to handle that because it's not easy when you put out a video 
and you have people sending you threats on your life or it's, I mean, the insults are constant and God got me to a place where I am completely numb to things like that. And if I had overnight success or, or things came easy, I wouldn't have developed that thick skin and I wouldn't have have developed those skills to navigate platforms that don't like me. I mean, that video you spoke of that had over 800,000 views that had over half a million views on Facebook before it was taken down for hate speech. But that was under a complete shadow band ban. My page was not coming up. People were not able to share it. People were sharing. That was only them sharing it through their direct messages to friends. And um, so that video probably had, would have had naturally a couple million views, which is awesome. But um well, let's come on to that because there was another question I wanted to have about sort of, I mean, you mentioned that you're you're a bit older than other females that might be in the gun mm-hmm. sort of uh, market and stuff. And then so maybe we can sort of draw that out. But the particular video that you are talking about is titled Why We Should Never Apologize for Our Race. And for mm-hmm. me, even being a black English guy here in America, even I, I found it fascinating by some of your views. And I think one of the things that I would say is that um, a good friend of mine lives in, in China and he's very outspoken um, about sort of race and wherever sort of the world is right now. And, you know, he's getting a lot of sort of maybe not the hate crime that you're getting, but he's got again, a lot of negativity and messages on, on Facebook, you know, and so mm-hmm. when he sounds off against me. Uh, well, he's been a friend of mine for 20 years. I know he's not racist. He's just entitled to his po- point of view, you know. So I think mm-hmm. the, the one thing that I see about your message is that I love how outspoken you are and you articulate your point uh, and it's evidence-based. It's not just sort of ramblings, what you say, but you are very controversial in some of the things, some of the topics that you cover where many women even might shy away from a lot of guys might think I'm not going there. But uh, maybe let's talk about that one then. You know, why we should never apologize for our race. I mean, mm-hmm. what is it um, about you that says I need to tackle these difficult subjects that perhaps other people sort of shy away from? I mean, where, where does your drive come from to get into those difficult subjects and conversations? Um, well, that video, it, it wasn't planned. That was kind of a spur, spur of the moment. Um, just had an idea, sat down and wrote it out in an hour. And it was because of just my personal experience online with what was going on with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. And all of a sudden, all these black squares started popping up on social media. Um, People were demonizing the police. And I I just knew these things, one, they weren't going to do anything truly to combat racism. And so... On Instagram, I have a, a little side home decor page. I don't promote okay. it or anything. It's for my personal, it's like a a little vacation from the politics. Well, guns and home decor, they go <laughs> so well together, Katie. I mean, how would you Well, know? right. I know. I should not? have a shotgun behind me. Yeah. But, um, but on that page, you know, I'm following these, some account that say post recipes about cookies or some, you know, restaurant decor account or something. And I'd comment because they put the black square up and they just say these ridiculous statements. And so I would answer them with facts and I would give them, say, three statistics on what was actually happening in terms of crime, uh, black on white or black on black or whatnot, or say something about Planned Parenthood saying, you know, if you really care about the black community, why aren't you protesting Planned Parenthood? So um, the hate received there was so frustrating because that's, I mean, 
so many of my critics on that video said, oh, you've never, no one's ever told you you need to apologize for your race. No one's ever said this to you. And I'm like, no, actually, I made this video because people were telling me I needed to apologize for my race. And they were telling me that, um, you know, I was wrong and I was hateful and I was a racist. So that was actually happening. So that video was me, tr my mind not being able to reconcile how ignorant <laughs> and quite frankly, just dumb people could be like blinded by this false movement. And um, I just wanted to express my frustration. And so that video was successful because not only was I feeling that way, but millions of other people were feeling that way. And I can't even tell you how many of the same message I got from people emailing me saying, you said exactly how I was feeling. I felt like I was going crazy. And then, but when I heard you say it and realized there are other people like me, I feel so much better. Like I had women, like, I mean, I had a guy telling me his wife was just sobbing watching my video because she's so relieved because she felt all this guilt for being white and she didn't understand it because she knew she wasn't racist. And so basically what that video did is it it's it gave people like me who were being called these names and everything um just a sense of you're not alone and you're not crazy and you're not racist it's okay to feel this way and so yeah, that's there is why an element, it off. yeah and you're okay and there is an element of sort of shaming almost if you don't speak out on some of these things so it is fascinating like i said about my my friend in china who's very sort of outspoken on facebook you know by by um if you don't address it, you're you're shamed as in when it doesn't concern you. And then when you do, you know, you 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 have used an opinion as a tab. But like I said, you know, my, my note here is that you know you never play it. You're one of those people you never seem to play it safe. And maybe that's what led from you know you from California, um, working in that business to sort of having the, the good patriot. But you know, you're you're not you're not a safe player. You're you're an all in type of type of girl. So I guess how does it feel? You know, you said that you get negativity around sort of social uh, media. Um, how do you feel being a sort of not a lone female in this type of industry around sort of patriotism and, and firearms and the Second Amendment? Um, but do you feel that you are treated any differently by by men or by by the media because of you being a female? Um, well, shout out to the other females out there. I'm definitely not alone, but um, I, in small ways, but I'm not. I'm not a feminist. I'm, you know, I'm not one of those women that's looking to be suppressed or, I mean, things have happened. I remember I was shooting at a gun range. I was the only woman walked in. It was all guys in there. And the, the range safety officer came up to me and I put the target out to 25 yards. I was shooting a pistol and he said, you know, ma'am, I'm going to have to make sure that you, you're not going to shoot the ceiling before I let you shoot that target at yeah. 25 yards. I mean, and he doesn't know me. He was an older guy. And I kind of laughed inside. I'm like, okay. So I shot the target at 25 yards and it was a really good shot. And I'm not going to say whether or not that was luck or skill, but um, I knew I was definitely not going to shoot the ceiling. I had, I was practicing pretty, pretty heavily then. And um, so little things like that, but I went away and kind of chuckled at it. I didn't go get home, get on social media and be like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this or take out my phone and video him and being like, hey, you know, it's just, it was just silly. And 
after that, I remember I went back to the range a few times and when he saw me, he was excited to see me and you could tell that I Because he felt safe then. He felt safe that you were yeah. <laughs> I know. But I earned his respect. Now, do women sometimes in this industry have to earn the respect instead of just having it? Yes, here and there. But for the most part, that hasn't been my experience. I mean, I'm also the only woman on a all men security team at church. And there's been things said to me. And um, despite being one of the top shooters on the team and basically leading the team in a lot of things, I still get patted on patted on the head and treated like a mascot here and there. And to me, I just look at that as that's on that individual. That's not men in general. I'm not going to make a stink about it. You know, I have notes in the back of my head about who's respectful and who's not, but I'm not going to concentrate on it and let it distract me from being a good member of the team or training and my revenge is when we go to the range and shoot and I'm and one shoot of the top shooters, them. if not, yeah. not the top shooter. So um, to me, all that is, and, and there are tons of women and especially the gun industry that they use their bodies for attention. Um, but I can't control that. I'm also not going to try to compete with it. One, because I can't <laughs> and two, because I just don't want to. Um, but that's their choice. And if they want a bunch of men following them just to look at their bodies, well, okay, again, that's their choice. That's not what I want. I want a quality uh, online family that is serious about defending our rights and passionate about shooting sports. So, um, yeah, so I know there's a couple of statements on your website. I think one you say um, that you got tired of seeing all the guys in the gun industry having all the fun. That's one of the reasons mm -hmm. why you got into it. And you're not a feminist, but you got fed up with people using the F-bomb and those trashy dress scales that you sort of you sort of mentioned. So I guess there is what you're sort of saying to me is that you have felt a sort of an unconscious bias by men um, towards you, perhaps. Um, and you do realize there's a difference, but you just you just look past it. You just you just carry on and and you know do keep doing your keep doing your thing. Yes, and part of that, you know, when I started doing videos in general, they were all funny gun skits. And um, like I said, my business has evolved, and the videos have evolved into different things according to the times. But I saw there were you know Black Rifle Coffee was making some funny gun skits. Um, an account I really love. Uh, is the man spot and he was doing these funny videos and for the most part his videos were clean black rifle were not there's always cleavage and f-bombs in a, in a black rifle video but they're they are targeting young military-minded men so that's what they do and they do it very well but as a woman in the gun industry i would see these videos and be like man you know that that was kind of funny but it would have been even more funny if they did this or um uh, it, there were just no women at all doing funny gun skits. And I had a couple ideas. So I, I had one friend that I thought could help me out. I met her for coffee one day and said, you know, I kind of have this crazy idea about a video called gun bunny rehab, where we take those kind of skanky women and we rehab them <laughs> and make them into serious, like respectable shooters. And she was down and I bought the camera I got the editing program, which was just totally overwhelming. I had no clue what I was doing. 
and we made our first video with another another girl and it was really successful at the time at the time i think i had like a thousand followers and i got fifty thousand views on facebook so we were like oh my gosh this is amazing and and i just um that's you know you got i got a little taste of that fun and success and i wanted more so i kept going but I looked at those guys making the videos and I just said, I want to be the girl making those videos, except they're not going to be trashy. I'm not saying that I don't ever release an F-bomb here and there. I'm working on it. Just there's a lot of frustration going on in the world and I don't have many vices. So once in a while, you know, it slips, but, um, but that's certainly not going to make an appearance in my videos because I want them to be watched by everybody. Um, but yeah, so I just set out to be, be the female in the industry and you know if other females follow and they want to do funny skits great um i don't know it, the market's there you know it's, you're inviting other people into your space i like it yeah. and, but and one of the other things that i wanted to touch on was that you say that it's your pleasure and duty to provide an outlet for your freedom and laughter of um, encouragement for your freedom. So there's, a, there's always a big theme of freedom in everything you do. So, so what does it mean to you to sort of for this freedom? What, what does it mean? Um, well, a lot of these subjects are super heavy and, and there's so much heaviness. You're not going to watch CNN or Fox News or wherever you get your mainstream news. And you're not going to, you know, most YouTube videos, when they talk about this stuff, we're, we're replaying horrible scenes of, you know, people beating each other up or shooting each other and whatnot. Um, and when you're talking about tyranny or freedom, I mean, that's a scary thing. Nobody wants their world to change or upset. And um, especially Americans, we've had it pretty easy for a very long time. And I guess I want to always bring humor and laughter in some way into these subjects because you have to, because there has to be a, <laughs> a release in some way when you're talking about like, I'll joke and I'll say, you know, speaking up is better than, than being loaded into a box car. Well, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like if we don't speak up, eventually that, that is where tyranny goes. But at the same time, I, I want to make it lighthearted so people can kind of chuckle and be like, okay, that's something I need to be thinking about. But at the same time, I don't want to like turn off the video and, and slip my wrists. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you have to bring that element and humor is relatable. Like I've always been very willing to make fun of myself or make myself look silly and dumb to try to make people laugh. And so it's just important to me that if you're going to, deliver bad news, which a lot of it is very bad news right now. Um, at least we're going to go out laughing. That's <laughs> <laughs> one way to look at it for, for sure. I mean, yeah. def definitely 2020 has been a, a very strange and, and fascinating um, year. And I'm just looking at, at a, a couple of videos that I pulled from your, your YouTube, which really backs up what you said. You know, one is I'm um, speaking up why it's now or never. And then since mm -hmm. when the government is our savior and there, there has been a lot of people where, and, you know, particularly, you know, you, uh, you mentioned, you know, I know you're a woman of faith and on your church security team, you know, I'm a, a man of faith and, and, and consult with houses of worship. There's mm -hmm. been a lot of churches that have taken the government's money, these PPP loans. Um, yes. And then it's sort of, you know, 
it's it can be hard to sort of process some of this. So again, you know, I can see why you are talking about things which a lot of people just tend to sort of want to push aside because it's too controversial. No one's really mm-hmm. challenging uh, the, the, the norms, and and no matter where you are right now, everyone's got a strong opinion as to you know is COVID a real thing? Are the government overstepping? You know, should the kids be in schools? So it's very very challenging. So I mean. When you look at that one in particular about, you know, since when is the government our saviour, what led you to create that video and put yourself out there as sort of um, saying that, so, you know, we're giving the government too much power? That came from when they were talking about doing the stimulus checks and seeing strong believers and strong people that were for freedom uh, get excited about getting free money from the government. And that to me was... I don't want to say it was shocking. Nothing's really shocking these days. But I, it was very disappointing to see people that I thought were pretty grounded in freedom and not relying on the government and not making the government our savior. Um, people who believed in hard work, people um, that claimed that they would make sacrifices in order to protect our freedoms, roll over at the thought of a $1,200 check. And so that was the frustration of, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's take a step back here. Like, what is going on? Like, what, since when is it okay to take free money from the government? They put us in this position. It may be their fault, but let's use our brains. Let's band together. Let's get the churches involved to take care of their church families and communities. Let's help each other through this and not give the government just one more excuse to have something to lord over this or us, or, um, you know, one more excuse to grow bigger, uh, one more excuse to put us more in debt as a nation. I mean, all that money is that that's, that's our money. That's not their money that comes from our taxes. And, and, uh, and it's being just, it's not even being printed. It's just being entered into a computer. That money is just weakening our dollar. So with all these things in the back of my mind, that was really like most of my videos are really just, just a personal vent of, you know, guys, you're, you're not, it, you're kind of embarrassing. Like, and that's, I say that with respect to those, you know, that didn't do that, but it is embarrassing. If you're either you're for freedom or you're not, you know, either you're going to depend on Christ as a Christian or you're not. And to me, it was like my, People in the family were selling out for $1,200. Um, I got that check, you know, months later, and I used it. I just did a giveaway. I used it to buy a really nice gun and a fingerprint-activated holster safe, and I did a giveaway and used that money because I just don't believe in taking it and being like, yay, thanks, government. And so where do you – I know we sort of touched on this earlier then, but I guess there's a couple of things that come to my mind is – uh, why can you not speak on these subjects and why, why do you have to um, sort of comment on some of these? What, what, what is there inside you? Is it the fact that you have to fight for the underdog? You're doing what is right? Is it because you love this country? What, what, what makes you have to talk about these controversial, um, maybe not controversial, Katie, but these subjects where a lot of people shy away from? Um, I guess because I just serve an audience of one. I serve God and that I, it's not like I grew, like I was, was born with that attitude. I mean, that's, I'm 42 years old. That's a lot of life where I've learned to 
disassociate my worth with what people think of me. And you know what's going on behind the scenes and you know the seriousness of the attacks that are going right on right now with our freedom. Um, that's what drives me. It's like, I, it's, it's not a game. It's not funny. I don't think that it's going to necessarily get better for a very long time if it ever does. Um, but I'm not going to lay down and let it happen. I'm going to fight it all the way. And I guess ultimately the foundation of why I just speak on how I feel and I don't worry about, uh, worry about what's going to happen is one, I know where I'm going if I die. And I know that this life is so quick compared to eternity. Um, so, and I want others to go with me to that place. And so some things may be offensive, um, even to Christians, but we are in a very serious battle right now. And so if I see my Christian brothers and sisters or other people doing things that are going to ultimately lead to their demise in some way or into a loss of more freedoms, then I'm going to say something. I just, I can't not. And I also, I hold my, I think across my channels, I maybe have like 170,000 followers, but I hold it very like this. If it goes away tomorrow, then it goes away tomorrow and God will have a different plan. And um, in some ways, <laughs> sometimes I yearn for it to go away. <laughs> so I can have a day off and like not think about it. I know you've got to keep churning out material when you get successful. But you can't hold on to these things like with a tight grip, especially as a conservative or a pro-gun person or a pro-freedom person on big tech social media. They're not our friends. They don't want us to spread this message. And, and all these people are putting so all their eggs in this one basket or all their eggs on Instagram or YouTube or whatnot. And then they're just devastated when it gets shut down. But to me, I almost expect it. And that's, I guess that's why I'm not afraid anymore because I've gone through the mental gymnastics of, wow, that would really stink putting in three and a half years of work to have it gone overnight. But at the same time, I've seen God come through for me so many times before that I, I expect him to do it again. And maybe it won't be through social media. Um, that's why I gather emails on my website, because if I get shut down tomorrow, I still right now have 15,000 names. I can email and say, okay, I'm still here. This is where, what we're going to do going forward. Um, but it's not, I, yeah, I guess I've already been th through the days where I've cried over the thought of losing everything. But I faced my fear, and now and now I'm not afraid of it. You know, I, I talked yeah, about with God. I'm bothered about freedom, but I guess you know, um, maybe you can help me um, understand this because you know, for, coming from England, where you know guns are pretty much you know outlawed, apart from sort of shotguns and some hunt, hunting rifles. You know, so I've not been raised around um, firearms, mm -hmm. but I did serve for 14 years in in law enforcement, so I know the. Mm -hmm. And they were dangerous when they're in the wrong um, hands, that's for sure. You know, and since I've moved here to the US, you know, I mean, I've got a shotgun ARs and, you know, the, uh, you know, I take my son who's nine year old, he comes with me because it's important for him to learn. You know, so I very much embrace the American culture and I smile mm -hmm. because I have a great enjoyment about it. There's something quite soothing about shooting a gun and, you know, um, and sort of um, being able to protect yourself. But one thing I've never quite understood um, is I know you have a strong passion for the Second Amendment, but 
if there's tied to gun controls, how does that remove some of my freedom? I mean, like I said, maybe being a foreign national and sort of not raised around guns, you can sort of give me your view on that. But how, how was sort of tied to gun control? How does that remove the sort of um, the right to bear arms? I mean, how if we have more gun control, how yeah. does that restrict us? Freedom, yeah. Well, well, basically. Um, so I'm assuming you wouldn't want that. I haven't actually asked the question, but from, from your tone, I'm assuming you wouldn't want um, um, gun controls that prevent people from owning certain types of firearms. No, and no, like and I already think what we have is already way too much. Um, and I understand that might be shocking to some people, especially from Europe and, and uh, Great Britain and all, but, um, and especially if you haven't grown up around it, you know, you're not used to it. It's not normal. It's kind of like my husband didn't get, grow up around dogs. So if there's like a, a big pit bull or something, he's more apt to be afraid of it because he doesn't, he's just not used to it. So I, I get well, I guess how, how does that impact your freedom then, Katie? I guess if there, if there is ties of control, how, how does that in, impact the sort of freedom, which is sort of a big part of it, you know? With a, because you, you can't, it comes down to you can't defend yourself against a military style rifle okay. with a revolver in a revolver um it's a slower gun you've only got six to eight rounds in there <laughs> and then the other guy that's coming at you is going to have a rifle that has a uh it's more accurate it has a longer barrel and it's holding at least 30 rounds and so that's not a fair fight so, so it's a freedom to defend yourself from yes, from harm and from tyrants from, and stuff. That's from enemies, okay. both foreign and domestic. And that means everything from our own military or the UN military coming in and trying to confiscate guns or take or enforce something or do something to us. And down to some guy that's trying to break into my house and do harm to me and my family. So whatever it is. Or, you know, an attack from a foreign country. You never know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if 2020 ended in <laughs> some sort of terrible war, but God willing not. Um, but the, any gun control, and they do it little pieces, piece by piece, um, any gun control that restricts my ability to defend myself against the apex enemy, that means a say a foreign military coming in and starting war with our country if they have a strong weapon strong rifle that's shooting 30 rounds with a bigger bullet then i have a right to have the same gun so i can defend myself and that's where i stand and that's why the second amendment was written it was uh to basically to protect ourselves from an overreaching government so you know, the argument today that that's too much for civilians and and they're going to use them in school shootings and whatnot, that it doesn't, that's not true and it doesn't matter. It just, the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment. It says what it says and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. And it says that we have the right to fire arms. And at the time it was written, the arms available to civilians were the same arms that were available to the military. Yeah, and it's an interesting point there because my, my mind was drifting towards, you know, the but the UK is, um, England is no angel when it comes to sort of governments and uh, decisions that they've they made. But I guess culturally, since I've moved here to the US, there is a big um, distrust in the government. And we don't have time to unpack that now. We can just sort of, mm -hmm. we, can, we can leave leave that there. So I, I understand both sides. I can see why 
people want more restrictions against firearms. And I guess where my view sits is that definitely there are some people in society that I believe shouldn't have easy access to firearms. Um, you know, but then everyone does have the right to, to defend themselves, and I would want them to. So it's, it is finding that middle ground, but it is really hard when there's a lot of distrust particularly in the US surrounding, mm -hmm. you know, what are the government's true intents um, on, on both sides as to, to why we're doing things. But yes, you know, Katie, just to sort of you know, go over a few things that I want to make sure my, my listeners understand is that, you know, most of your, your um, social media is at Good um, Patriot. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, you know, I um, stumbled across um, your, your videos, but now I'm glued and watch them. You know, I mean, like I said, you, you <laughs> don't play it safe. So people should go there knowing that, you know, you are, you say the things that most of the people would shy away from, but you, you've got a big following and, and you'll cover politics to, um, you know, Second Amendment, um, you know, God, country, everything, and even home decor, maybe. I, I didn't stumble mm -hmm. across those, Katie, but they're, they're fascinating yeah. as well. So I guess, um, what is the best way to people to get hold of you? Is it through those social media outlets? I know you've mentioned you've got, a, you've got an email um, in case anyone closes down your, your accounts. What's the best way for people to learn more about you? Yeah, well, yeah, like I said, the preferred way is that you go to my website and sign up for my email newsletter list. I only send out an email like once a month. Um, don't spam me or anything. Um, and then other than that, just please follow me on social media. Everything is Good Patriot, just plain Good Patriot, except Twitter is underscore Good Patriot. Because someone stole that from you. They mostly want $50,000 yeah, to buy that app. I was kind of late to the game on Twitter and, and even when I signed up, kept forgetting I even had it because I was just so yeah. busy on the other stuff. But who looks at Twitter anymore when you got Facebook, Instagram Live, and all this <laughs> type of stuff? You know, but, well, but Katie, yeah, yeah. yeah well, so. I mean, it's been really nice to to get to know you um, a bit better and just to understand some of the, you know, like I said, well, when I see your videos, I get the two or three minute um, sound bites, but it's just been good to talk to you, get to know you better, and, and just sort of share part of your journey. So, um, thank you very much for joining me today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Good to talk to you, Simon. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast. If you are enjoying the discussions between Simon and his guests, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, as well as share with your friends on social media. Once again, thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast.